You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 382, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Scotty, and with me tonight are... Ben. And Eddie. Tonight, our discussion topic is the NECA Defenders of the Earth Wave 1. Hi, gentlemen. How are we? Hello. Hey, hey. I'm awake. That's good. Yeah. So, the, you know, sometimes we hop straight on the call and we say hi, and then we start the show. <laughs> and then there are other times where um, sometimes it takes oh. us a while to get the show started just because we're, you know, just talking. And then sometimes it takes us a while to get the show started because technology um, inter- <sighs> intervenes and... This has been one of those yeah. nights. So, and, Ben! Well, sometimes we take a while because we're talking and then technology. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> yes. um, oh, pain. So, Ben, give, give us the give us the <laughs> lowdown on... Oh, I thought tonight would just be a, a dream run. I, I wound down the old laptop that's been, you know, my, my faithful podcast laptop for a decade and... Uh, Put it aside in place of a, a you know a newer model and uh, and in particular a beep free model uh, and as we soon found out about thirty seconds into the call that the long time beeping is not my laptop. <laughs> so this this was meant to be the the beeps farewell <sighs> episode, you know, and yet yes, it's yes, it not. Was. The beep is still here. The beep um, is still. Here. I yeah. still don't know what it is. The so, beep. The beep. But it was okay. Awkward after the big, you know, the beep making a big announcement on socials yesterday that it was leaving the show. Um, Yeah, a little bit awkward that it's still here. But there you go. We don't mind. We're 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 too lazy for people to actually announce that they're leaving. They just kind of you know stop showing up. (laughs) Yep. 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 And of course, after a good laugh at my expense. we then uh, uh, my laptop decided it needed to reboot and gave me no option of uh, delaying said reboot, which came with its own uh, yeah, dramas. So it's been a fun catch up. And, and <laughs> while we were waiting, again. Eddie and I demonstrated great restraint <laughs> by not asking each other what new stuff that we'd got because we knew <laughs> yeah. that we were going to be doing that on the show anyway and we wanted our reactions to be spontaneous. So I've of been course. dying to ask Eddie... What new things have you, uh, new, new toys have you acquired since last we spoke? I haven't gotten anything in, actually. No, what? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I still spend way too much money on, uh, uh, so a weird thing I got in, um, and I'd actually forgotten that I'd, uh, arranged to have this sent to me is the apology box from Super 7 for the first Thundercats wave. Uh, which has the new underpants for Panthro, uh, Jackal's guns that have actually been painted, and uh, Jackal's top piece, so he's actually got a little bit of fuzz uh, under his neck, and the Apology uh, Panthro head, where he's got the um, sight beyond sight eyes um, all lit up. So uh, that only took about three months to come out, but it was a free box that uh, Super 7 sent out to people for mistakes that apart from the jackal i didn't even notice were mistakes so <laughs> i'll i'll take a free box of accessories any day uh so wow. that was exciting and then i've also been on a jurassic park kick with uh 
some of the new Amber collection being announced um, and me being a massive Jurassic Park fan. I was like, oh, I need to double check on what I've sort of missed out on the line because they've released so many Raptors and all that. It, it can get easy to confuse which one's which. And I had missed out on a bunch. So I ordered the ones that I was missing and then the new ones that have been set through and a bunch of those arrived. So I've got a whole bunch of Raptors and I decided to do a little bit of checking around because a couple of the other Jurassic Park stuff scales perfectly with uh, the Amber collection, even though it's not part of that wave. And one of them that I was a bit iffy on whether I'd get is the Indominus Rex, the super colossal one, Mm. Um, because I wasn't, I'm a bit of a dinosaur purist. I like my OG dinosaurs. I don't like the ones they made up for the movie. Uh, but I found him on sale uh, for 60 bucks. It's normally like a $200 piece. So I was like, all right, chuck that in the cart. And uh, that arrived in a massive box from Toy World Online, which I didn't realize Toy World had an online store. But they do now, which is dangerous. Um, oh, no. So, yeah, that was uh, first delivery from them. Uh, and I got one human character, which, Ben, I think I've already spoiled this for you. But, uh, Scotty, if you had to guess, this is the fourth human character that they've done for the Jurassic Park line of collector figures. Who do you think you're in the meeting? You're sitting there at Mattel going, <laughs> like, all right, we've got, uh, we've, we've, we've started the line strong with, uh, Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum, uh, Chris Pratt. He's big with the kids. So we've got a Chris Pratt figure out there and we've got a Dennis Nedry figure out there for all the Seinfeld fans. <laughs> so like, why not? Who's going to be our fourth character that we get out there and really start driving this line home with? Uh, um, the Laura Jern one. Who, no, I don't know the she's the next wave. Oh, she's in the next wave? This this, uh, this figure came out before Laura Dern. Okay. It's like, okay. Uh, Ron Howard's daughter. No. no. Not Bryce. <laughs> Samuel Jackson. Misery. Yes, there you go. Got it on the third. They, they released a figure of Samuel Jackson as Ray. Um, and <laughs> and cool. I'll, cool. I'll uh, say this. He's the best figure they've done so far. He's absolutely... He actually uses the new pinless technology that's popping up on Marvel Legends. So or he's well articulated and they're all covered points. It's nice, thick plastic. Um, his sculpt and design's actually really good. Uh, you can actually remove his arm so he looks like how you would imagine the character look like because <laughs> at the point in the movie he disappears and then all you ever see of him is his torn off arm, which is another wow, accessory in the box that you get. spoilers. He's a bloody torn off arm. And he also comes with a 1993 Macintosh computer for your <laughs> Is the old big deep drum with the big gray box next to it. It's just, it was a great toy. I was like, you know what? This was, this has me excited that Mattel uh, can make good figures again. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the He-Man line now because it's like, okay, they're, <laughs> they, they're up in their game again. Yeah, it's up too much. Yeah. And uh, did you get, do you have some new Marvel Legends acquisitions as well? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, the super villain wave has... Uh, as do I. Yeah. Yes. yes. Have you got those yet, Ben? Uh, no, no. Should be here oh, next week, I think. I got a shipping notice for them, I think. Excellent. Hey? So, yeah. Yep. 
uh, looking forward to breaking that one down. We've got to do another Marvel Legends mashup catch up Just, on yeah. however many waves that they've uh, since two, the last time. Two hundred or so. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So, but definitely uh, looking forward to talking about that one. Anything else on on the acquisition front, Eddie? Before we swap over to Beep, I mean Ben. No, I think that's uh, that, that's it for now. Okay, Mr. Ben. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I've done reasonably well in the last month or so, thanks to um, another uh, a celebration of another successful rotation of the sun. Um, and uh, it's, it's fantastic because it's like my kids know exactly what to get me. Like it's it's amazing how they know. So yes, uh, in, in my house it's a um, classic. Um, you know, I order myself a couple of things and I just hand the boxes to my wife when they arrive, and then. The kids wrap them up and get really excited because they think they just picked the ultimate thing for me. So that's quite sweet. But, um, yeah, I've had a few bits and pieces turn up. I finally, I don't know, I, I seem to be having a pretty good run with um, one particular e-tailer who, uh, who, who always comes through for me, but they seem to be about three years behind everybody else. So um, <laughs> it's kind of fun seeing everyone else get their stuff and then my stuff rocks up two months later and I can go, oh, yeah, that was really cool when I saw people talking about it two months ago. But um, I had a whole stash of stuff come through. Uh, I got um, the next wave of uh, the Hasbro G.I.J. Classified figures, so Flint, Lady J, um, some Cobra Troopers, that sort of thing. Um, thanks uh, to uh, a fellow named Dave who also goes by the handle Jersey Maniac. Um, he <laughs> he goes hunting for toys and um, he has very kindly been tracking down a lot of the uh, sort of the Hasbro exclusives and things like that. And when he can't find them, he gets uh, enormously angry and um, takes that out on the retailers by you know going to every single one within like a 200 mile radius until he finds what he needs so from um, from memory i I think that he kind of gets enormously angry very easily is that i think the right (laughs) yeah it's the same guy yeah yeah i think that's just yeah it's a a perception he's i mean he's a lovely guy and he's really gone above and beyond a few times for me so um picking me up things like firefly and the viper but uh, i got major blood so um, since uh, since the Copper Island X's were announced and and so we've, I got him underway, he's managed to pick me up every everything since then. But now that they've announced that uh, the Baroness and a couple of others like Beachhead are going to be reissued, he's on the hunt for me for those as well, which is nice. Um, I picked up a few sort of Hasbro Star Wars Black uh, bits and pieces. Um, I got a, th- a few through Zing, and for some reason. They all went up on the website at the same time, but they come through individually. So instead of getting that phone call to say, oh, you know, you've got that set of four figures here, it's like you've got that one figure out of the four that you ordered. And it's like, oh, okay, any idea when the other three are coming in? No, we don't find out until the day before. It's like, oh, okay, I guess I'll come in and pick up that one figure and probably be back next week to pick up another one figure, (laughs) uh, et cetera. So. Uh, but a couple other cool things I got, which I'll definitely be reviewing on the show just because they're a little bit um, out of left field. I managed to get a really good deal uh, through Zavi of all places, who I, I don't still don't trust in, in their entirety because of their kind of weird setup. But I managed to get the Marvel Legends um, uh, Mjolnir prop. So that uh, is the next in the line of those 
things that they've been producing, like Captain America's shield and Iron Man's helmet and stuff like that. So it it lights up and makes sounds and does all that sort of thing. And I tormented my children because there's a little button that you hold and you ask the hammer, you know, am I worthy? And <gasps> Odin's symbol lights up on the, on the hammer. Um, if if it hears the word worthy, and so of course I'm holding it and saying to my kids, you know, ask it if you're worthy, and of course they're going, am I worthy? Am I worthy? And of course it's not glowing, and of course then I go, I'll give it another try, and I've got my thumb on the button and I don't realise it, and I'm like, am I worthy? And it lights up, oh, why is it working for you? And so I tormented them endlessly, although that was great. Um, another one I got, which uh, definitely is a bit odd for me, but um, the tadpoles and I have been really enjoying My Hero Academia. Um, which, uh, if you haven't seen it, is obviously a Japanese anime series mm-hmm. um, as opposed to a French anime series. Anyway, um, <laughs> and so um, it, it's, a, it's a really – it's I mean, it's your typical anime uh, in that you've got sort of a whole bunch of teenagers. They're overly dramatic. The animation is done in a way that when people get angry, their eyes go into, you know, X's and all that sort of thing and spit flies everywhere. So it's it's fairly traditional, but it's, it's, it's about a um, – it's about a world where everybody has, well, not everyone, a large percentage of the population has an odd power of some kind. And those that actually want to go on and become heroes um, can go to a school and, and learn to use their powers and um, that sort of thing. And what's really interesting about the series is the way it's written. A lot of the powers are quite um, derivative. You've seen them all before in one way or another. But it's it's how they actually write them doing unique things with their powers. And it's like, oh, okay, I, that's a, that's an interesting take on a person who can do that, for instance. And they, um, so it's, I, I watch it because I think, just think the writing is quite clever. But the main, uh, the main guy in it, uh, or one of the main guys is a fellow named All Might, who is basically their version of Superman. Um, and so I picked up the All Might figure through um, McFarlane Toys. So I'm quite keen to review him on the show because it's something quite different. I think that pretty much wraps up my haul. It's been um, a pretty bounteous, 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 um, bounteous, bounteous, bounteous um, month or so. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. What about you, Mr. Squatting? Well, funny you mentioned Zavi. I don't know if you remember much earlier this year there they had a sale of like you know three you could kind of get three marvels of select marvel legends for a yes. certain price sort of thing and so i hopped on there and i there was one figure that i wanted that i never had one figure that i wanted the build of uh, figure for and so then i threw in another figure just to get the three and then the figure that i didn't really want shipped right away <laughs> and then the others didn't and this week they canceled oh, <laughs> <laughs> so i'm like i don't i don't understand how this happened and i don't, anyway but like just i was just because i was just thinking i wonder what happened with those you know it's been a while hasn't it like you know i understand shipping separately and then it was like me thinking that brought the they must have gone, oh, we haven't sent that yet. We should cancel it now. I don't know. So that was a bit <clears throat> bizarre. Um, is Zabby one of these places that it's a bit like Amazon in that it fulfills orders from different retailers? Like I, I don't get the impression that they have a giant warehouse because I ordered three Red Ninjas from the Stiltman Wave and the Stiltman Wave came and, and went and they had all the figures in stock and then – Four months later, my three red ninjas show up from a place in England. Like huh. it's it's really peculiar. So 
don't know. I don't know how they work. It's a, it's a peculiar, strange setup. Um. So I think it's the hut, the hut group. So that they're part of Virgin, I think, Zavi. Right. Yeah. Or or they were part of. I thought the huts were part of the Black Sun. Yeah, I think maybe they they either were part of Virgin and now they're owned by somebody else, um, and uh, or somebody else brought bought the brand, um, mm. for from Virgin, etc. So I don't know it now, but yeah, I would dare say that they're probably a um, you know, kind of like a drop shipper sort of um thing. So that's in where they're like, oh, we can't get stock happened. But um, in happier news, I did get my Marvel Legends Super Villains wave, and as I said, we'll look forward to uh, reviewing that. And I indulged at the pop culture twenty percent off sale this weekend. One of those things where I, on the night before they announced the sale, I had been waiting to kind of try and find better prices for a couple of things and I thought, oh, I better just get them from pop culture, put them in my cart, never got around to checking out. And uh and then the next day, lo and behold, twenty percent sale and I'm like, Woohoo <laughs> So nice. So um so that was very good. But I nothing like the last one where I got a couple of premium formats. Smaller thing. Um but then speaking of smaller things, I, I don't I am not a like I don't collect lots of pop vinyl stuff. Comic characters I do buy. I've had the beginning, so I have this, and I you know I I try to keep them nice. But, uh, someday they might be worth something, or it just I don't want them. You know, so I pop them in a pop protector right away. And uh, they did a Black Adam um, earlier this year that was some specialty series thing, and I I missed it, and so I got my local comic shop to order it in for me. And I, you know, they, I normally bring them straight in to put them in a pot protector, to put them in storage. For whatever reason, I left him in the boot of my car and then uh, promptly squashed him with a uh-huh. pile, a bag of firewood. And so the next time, the next time that I went in and like, you know, some things I would like my Disney villains, which I have up here, I, I take them out of the box. They're on my shelf. If the if the box had gotten squashed, I wouldn't care, right? But it was like really bad, <laughs> and so um, so I went back into secret headquarters and I uh, said, "So Black Adam is now Flat Adam," um, and you know, and I think so. I had to buy another one, and uh, I, so this was on this was on this was on on Friday, and on Friday I don't know why I left it on the seat of my car. And then some stuff happened. I was mentioning to Eddie earlier that we found out that a friend of ours in the States died of COVID, um, oh. which is terrible. And by the way, people, please take this seriously and get vaccinated and all those good. And uh, so we went out for, we had to go out and do something. We hop in the car. Janet hops in. Oh, sorry. I don't want to say her name. I'm just going to go back. <laughs> in five, four, three. So we had to go do something. We hop in the car. Mrs. Scotty hops in the car and says, oh, no, I just sat on something. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now we have Flat Adam 1 and Flat Adam 2. And I'm just like, oh, well, I guess I'm not going to. Flat Adam 2 is actually not as bad as Flat Adam 1. Uh, put it in the so freezer. It'll be fine. I, yeah. 
<laughs> so I just kind of straightened. I just kind of straightened him out and put him in a pop, pop, pop projector, and I was like, "I'll blow it." Like, <laughs> and, but I was like, "What are the odds?" Like, you know, in in all the time I've been collecting, I don't think that's ever happened to anything ever. Nice work. Nice work. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just like I'm obviously not meant to have a pristine box of black. I don't know why, but. <laughs> So, this will be your new collection. You'll just search eBay for like damaged Black Adam pops. That's right. See. I will. Yeah, I should collect them all. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. It was kind of. It was a funny thing. Just had this sad new quite You know, and it was a bit of a like just pick me up. Then yeah. Yeah, I see a new segment of the podcast, the Flat Adam Award. Oh, the Flat Adam Award. The Flat Adam Award for this episode goes yes. to. Now I have to give credit to. I didn't actually. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so good. I often do think it because I'm a package ripper, and there's times where you just can't hold on to every box, and you got to destroy them and chuck them out. And some of them I keep, like uh, the Spawn collector editions and ones like that. But like the other day, I was ripping up and destroying a bunch of Necka Turtle stuff, and so I had like the Spirit of Splinter figure that is now a super rare figure and goes for you know, a couple of hundred dollars each itself and I'm ripping up the box and tearing it up and <laughs> chucking it out because it's like, well, I've got the figure. I don't need or want the The box just looks like every other Ninja Turtle movie single box except the name is different in the bottom and I don't want to be one of those people who just sells an empty box on eBay and gets people excited <laughs> who have save searches and then they're like, oh, it's... oh empty box. That's yeah, a classic. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. The empty box thing has always really bugged me. What the heck is wrong with people? I but know. I no. actually... Now, do you, I I do kind of understand for things like that where if you got a loose thing and you wanted the box and whatever, or you know, with a say like a Marvel Legends exclusive where you know you've collected them loose and then you get the box as well and that sort of thing. But I just could never be bothered. I I I don't keep you know there's stuff like the the DC pops because I've never opened them and because I've had them right from you know the word go. That's the only reason that I you know have kept those nice. And I look after statue boxes obviously, but but the rest of the stuff, you know, I'm I'm like you. I don't. I only don't open stuff if I think I may not keep it. Um, and then, but e- mm. even trying to even selling um, figures and things on Facebook, I actually find that loose stuff sells better than like Marvel Legends. Loose actually sells better than carded. I don't know why. Yeah. But, you can often get the shipping down just by having a small oh, figure. True, yeah. yeah. Well, that's the thing with um, uh, Star Wars figures, isn't it? You can get more money for them loose than you can carded. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Because you can sell, like, to someone who's going to have, like, a 2 $3 bin. They'll buy a bunch of loose Star Wars figures just to chuck in. But if they oh, say you fair. got carded, like, episode got one figures, it's like, you know what? They're not, they're not <laughs> worth it. People don't. They People just look for the $2 ones in the bin, so they're more valuable to them. To... I understand that. Yeah. I get it. Makes sense. Yeah. I never think about people buying things to resell them. Because I have my no new toy money rule, if if I'm ever selling things, it's because there's something coming that I that I want that I need to make toy money for us so that I have toy money to spend. <laughs> yeah, Speaking fun. of spending toy money, we all spent our toy money on uh, something similar recently, and so we are going to review it in... Uh, a shorter uh, episode. Well, I don't know. This is us. So this could still take forever. But I think unless anyone has any other things that they wanted to talk about here, we probably should take a break and come back and review the things. Slam evil. <laughs> if you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. 
To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, we nearly just got carried away and started this segment before <laughs> we started recording, so we have to pretend that we haven't told you about this at all. And uh, NECA, <laughs> NECA has released their first wave of the Defenders of the Earth line, and if you're not sure who that is, this first set of three figures is Flash Gordon, Ming the Merciless, and the Phantom. So I bought these because they look cool, and these are characters that you don't get to see good figures of very often. But I believe that there is a greater historical significance to why these characters are in a <laughs> toy line together. And so on the scale of who knows the most about, or the least about this, I'm at the bottom. Eddie is <laughs> in the middle and Ben's at the top. So I think we'll start with Ben. Eddie can add in his knowledge and then I'll add color commentary, which may just be shouting out colors every so often. But Ben, what what is Defenders of the Earth and why are these characters in this line of choice? Wow. Well, I mean, this uh, these figures are obviously based on the animated series that came don't out. Don't say in... obviously because it isn't obvious because no, I didn't it's, know. It's, you know, it's Defenders of yeah. Anyway, Defenders of the Earth. Well, look, let, let, let's just move back and say that uh, you know everybody knows that the eighties <laughs> was the best decade for movies. Now, if if somebody says that the eighties was not the best decade for movies, you accept that they're wrong, but you have the courtesy to listen to their opinion anyway. Now, I mean, 86 was um, a pretty awesome year for, for me in particular. Uh, I mean, the 80s was awesome for movies anyway, but 86 kicked butt. Um, you know, we, we had Stallone Cobra, we had Top Gun, we had Highlander, Big Trouble in Little China, Aliens, um, and I think we... I think we even had Transformers the movie, and we might have whoa, finished whoa, off the whoa. year Aliens with Aliens um... was nineteen eighty six. Yes, yes, yes. Oh First movie God. I ever saw twice at the cinema. Um, you also had the birth of Eddie. That's true. there you go. Oh. So what a, another another year. fantastic release that year. Another <laughs> fantastic release, limited wait, edition. Wait, wait. When were you born? What month? Uh, January. January. Oh, so the release was actually... Yeah, it was in the dud period. Where <laughs> <Yeah>. they... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the big films didn't come out until yeah. um, until February. I think the Hitcher. Yeah, the the Oscar bait was already ready and then they were just waiting for summer. Yeah, yeah. So, and yeah um, I think um, Rocky Four was number one at the box office the week that I was born. Yeah, so, well, Rocky Four was made in 1986? It no, was probably 85 release. nothing else was out and it just got back up to number one. because so old. So I think, yeah, that would have been an 80, probably made in 84 and released in 85. So, but look, it was a, it was a phenomenal year for, for movies. And uh, I can certainly remember as a, as a young lad uh, turning on my old cathode ray tube television and cranking that, uh, that <laughs> dial. 
to watch um, morning cartoons when I was quite surprised to see uh, uh, a new cartoon. Um, of course, that sort of stuff wasn't previewed in any way. It just sort of came on. And, you, you know, if you were lucky, you saw the first episode or sometimes you'd come in halfway through a series and years later wonder why you uh, you didn't understand some of the story because you'd missed the first 15 episodes. But anyway, I remember seeing Defenders of the Earth on TV um, and I was familiar with the characters therein. And uh, what I wasn't familiar with was, uh, I mean, the reason this show came together is because uh, King Features uh, who own the publishing rights to numerous comic strips in newspapers uh, in America and, and around the world, had the publishing rights for um, Lee Falks, um, stuff like The Phantom and Mandrake, and, of course, um, also for Flash Gordon. And so they somehow had the idea of putting uh, all of these properties together into an animated series, probably um, boosted by uh, the other types of cartoons that were coming out at the time and the the huge merchandising boom that goes with these popular shows and so um so they put these dudes together to uh to, to fight Can the good I, fight. I, I i gotta jump in with a story because i i find this to be the weirdest footnote here <laughs> the, com- the company that put this there so there was a company that was like okay what can we do to appeal to kids what if we take all these comic strip characters put them together and make that into a TV show because kids love, like, superheroes and adventure. But also old, and then, old comic strip characters. Yeah, but then if that works, then we can spin it off into toys and comic books. The company that made this decision was like, okay, let's find this group of characters and do it, was Marvel Entertainment. <laughs> it was <laughs> the Mar- Marvel Entertainment that was like, oh, we should license a bunch of superheroes and put them together as a team and release that. And that that could, you know, then, you know, later on we can make comic books what? and other things. Yes. Yeah, this is yeah. this was made by Marvel. <laughs> yeah, Marvel, Marvel produced a, um, a comic book series based on this. Marvel Productions. Was, is this yeah, at a time where they didn't have rights to do this with their own characters or oh probably i mean these these are the guys i mean at the time they were doing spider-man and his amazing friends um i I think they were actually behind the gi joe and um transformers movies as well they were one of the companies that put those together along with my little pony and uh, a couple of others like that so yeah wow so yeah they were putting other stuff together but for for some reason they they couldn't get their own um (laughs) no other than spider-man and uh Firestar and Iceman. So, but anyway, they, they had the idea to bring all of these kind of classic characters together that King had the rights for, um, expanded out into, uh, I guess, a kid series and um, would have been a bit boring with um, just those couples. So, of course, what do you do to make it kid friendly? You introduce a, a whole bunch of um, B, B list characters to kind of pad it out. So, uh, suddenly, all of those famous strip characters had um, children of their own uh, to bring in. So, um, Flash Gordon has uh, has a son, and the Phantom has a daughter, and Mandrake has his adopted son, and there's Mandrake's sidekick Lothar. Uh, Ming has a son and daughter who are kind of you know as evil as he is, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So the ca- the cast is actually quite significant when you realise all of these um all these kind of you know B grade characters as well, but uh, yeah, NECA has obviously picked up um, the rights to do these. And, I mean, you know, I've been, you know, banging on about these characters for a long time. You know, you know I've always said that I would love uh, a line of figures that, that feature all of these kind of classic characters. And, 
Um, you know, in addition to these guys, uh, things like Doc Savage and The Shadow. And um, so part of it, you know, is a bit of a nostalgia run for me, um, getting obviously Flash Gordon and Phantom figures, but part of it is also having that opportunity to finally acquire, you know, acquire those characters. So, you know, the Phantom's in his purple outfit, but he doesn't have the black stripes on his shorts, um, which is kind of the classic look that he has in the in the cartoon in the the comics in the comic strips etc so they are slightly different to their you know their newspaper strip versions except for probably mandrake i guess but um so yeah so it's kind of a couple of reasons for me to to pick up these guys so what about you eddie what was uh, uh so for me it was about 1990 i want to say and i it was probably like my first birthday where i had a concept of what a birthday was um and it was like oh it's a special day that's about me and i get gifts <laughs> and um part of the gift that i got was uh the flash gordon and the phantom action figures which I thought were pretty sweet at the time. In retrospect, <laughs> knowing that the show came out in 86, it's probably like, oh, these were the bargain bin toys that yeah. were <laughs> getting chucked out at uh, the time. And that's how I ended up with a whole bunch of them on a, for one birthday. Um, the same birthday, I got a Sega Master System. So it, oh, it was nice. a good birthday stuck in my wow. uh, head. Um, I do remember it messed with me a bit because I got to eat yogo for breakfast that day. <laughs> and I didn't realize that that was a special concept because it was my birthday. And the next day I went to get a yogo out of the fridge and got smacked in the back of the head. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, uh, yeah. No, God. context wasn't well phrased for why I, I was able to do things on my birthday and not have to my little mind to comprehend. Um, but yeah, I really did like the, and these was, my exposure to the characters like i knew flash gordon and um phantom because my dad was able to tell me oh that's flash gordon he's a space guy and phantom um phantom i gravitated to a bit more because um something else we should probably address on this show um being an australian podcast is the phantom is arguably the biggest superhero in australia you can still go to news agents and find phantom comics that are getting produced um yep on the racks with um, actually some fairly decent um, Andrew Constant, who is currently just did some work on Nightwing um, has been writing the recent uh, Phantom uh, comics and a uh, few other uh, great local talent. But um, yeah, so Phantom is actually huge. Like there was a weird thing in the nineties in Australia. You couldn't go into a lamp store without seeing a phantom yeah. lamb <laughs> in the, it was just he was that that big yeah. of a uh, character and you couldn't buy a show bag at any sort of yeah. royal yes. show which is like kind of our version of the state fair without a phantom comic i have this memory of like oh, cookie jars true. too i don't know yeah there was phantom cookie jars yeah. there yeah. was he was yeah. in every paper syndicate like it it's it's hard to do like phantom in australia is on par with superman batman spider-man like yep. that's uh may, maybe not so much these days but um 70s 80s and 90s like there was even the paul hogan show was funny. he had a phantom character like big 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 so um everyone that i spoke to when i showed like oh, i got a new toy um they were able to oh that's the phantom and tell me his story and set through so um i was very excited about that but i rarely was able to catch the show i think i only saw it like once or twice uh, i never really was able to watch 
too many episodes of the TV show uh, itself. So I I knew these guys more as the toy line than I did uh, the TV show. But the toys were fantastic. They had metal arms with little black bars on the back that you'd swing around and they'd punch ferociously. And that was probably the one down factor was this big bar that stuck out the back of the figure's back. Um, but I would say probably up until this NECA figure, this is the that was the best um, phantom figure we had gotten because the movie line was horrendous. Yes. Uh, and there wasn't really much else uh, in between. So um, uh, up until this year, that uh, Defenders 80s phantom figure was the go-to phantom action figure and probably the same with Flash Gordon as well, to be honest. So I, I've got to say, like, by by the time uh, in 1986, I wasn't watching Saturday morning cartoons, um, you know, kind of, and uh, grown out of that. And so I don't think I really knew that this show existed until these toys. <laughs> okay. That's right. yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. I do remember the original figures, and and even at that age, I thought they were pretty shit. Like to be honest, um, they were made by Galoob, and they. <laughs> I don't know. They just they they just didn't do it for me. I mean, what I'm really impressed with is that you know the figures that we're obviously just about to talk about um, uh, pay you know a, a huge you know homage to the these original figures, like the the coloring of the boxes, the titles, everything um, is reminiscent uh, of those figures from from um, 1986. So you know that's um, that's nice. But back then, even with the bright flashy cards and everything, they just didn't really grab me so i mean you kind of sometimes you you sort of wonder how much effort is put into some of this stuff like you know the mandrake figure came with a power punch action um (laughs) and you're kind of like yeah i don't picture mandrake as the kind of guy you know being a magician you know (laughs) getting into the the fisticuffs uh for example so um yeah i don't think a, a huge amount of effort was actually put into those original figures so yeah, and I think that, you know, it was a classic. They just all used the same buck, had a different yeah. head, um, and then they just repainted them. Uh, it, was, it was the same features, but Mandrake was a different buck because he had the suit buck. He had the suit, yeah. That yeah. One through that. But, yeah, the um, well, that was the other thing is uh, the uh, legs were actually like a soft rubber, so they were notorious for um, where you bent the knees, tearing and coming apart. My Phantom actually his legs got damaged over the years. So um, him being the more favoured character to Flash Gordon, I ended up using the Flash Gordon legs on my original Phantom. And Mm -hmm. so my Phantom for a while was purple on top and then had red legs running out underneath. (laughs) Yeah, the nicer legs. So uh, that's one of the things is they are hard to find without broken legs. They are very notorious for... Yeah. And I think you know, beyond that initial thrill of seeing, you know, Flash Gordon and, and Phantom together, the line was pretty pretty kind of lame. Like, you know, you have Ming the Merciless, who's out of the, the Flash Gordon law, um, obviously is the main villain, and, and from there it gets pretty lame pretty quick with his um, his son and daughter in there being, you know, evil and, you know, that, that weird robot thing called Garax, and it was just like they were just making shit up by then. <laughs> it was like pretty, um, pretty ordinary kind of stuff. But, uh, I don't know. It's the nostalgia factor. I mean, you know, it says it only went for one season, but you know, that, that one season was 60-plus episodes. So, 
Um, there's plenty. I did, you know, in anticipation of this episode, I knew we were going to talk about them. So um, I, I went back and watched a couple of episodes. And, yeah, like it it, it hasn't aged well. It's, um, yeah, it's pretty. A lot, a theme lot of song. The, People still love the theme song. But... Yeah, which supposedly oh, Stan, Re- Stan Lee wrote the, the lyrics for. So I don't know what that means that Stan Lee's name went on the credits and he asked someone else to write it. But I would imagine that's the thing where he's walked in a room and been like, ah, oh, these are the words. Great. I like them. Yep. Okay. I'll put a full <laughs> stop at the end and you can say I helped write it. That's right. Where's my check in? <laughs> yeah. So I think we only got about six six figures in that original series. So um, I think it was the four main main cast plus Ming and, and Garrax, and that was about it. So this uh, this initial wave from Necker has three figures, which is interesting because uh, it's it's obviously Flash, Phantom, uh, the Phantom, and Ming the Merciless. But um, when these figures were actually announced some time ago, we saw Lothar, uh, who is of course Mandrake's bodyguard and uh, uh, and friend, but also um, uh, Mandrake himself. So there's at least two extra figures that we've seen. So hopefully there's been enough interest in these figures to warrant NECA moving on to a, a second wave. So and it'll be interesting to see how they, they round that out with a third figure, um, whether they decide to get into the, the assorted uh, you know, offspring of the characters because um, it could probably support a second and third wave if, even if they just stuck with the kids. Very good. So, if we think about these, this current release, we should probably cover packaging first. Yeah, as I said, this this is just. Uh, I mean, in in this day and age, when we're getting some really really slick packaging um, through Hasbro and stuff like that, your initial thoughts when you look at this packaging is it's pretty crap. Like it it, <laughs> it doesn't have a huge wow factor, but. When you actually have a look at some of the original figures, the the love that has gone into this packaging to pay um, homage to that original line of figures is incredibly obvious. They've used the logo uh, exactly. They've used the purple colouring. They've got the space theme. Um, you know, your your um, accessories are announced with that you know bright orange kind of flash you know of light. Um, and, and so yeah, full credit to to Randy and the gang. I, I think they actually look great when you look at the originals. NECA packaging has a very different sort of aesthetic from other retail lines. Like from a from a graphic design perspective, I often find it a little bit murky or a little bit crowded. But I think that part of the, the reason, as you said, is because there's a lot of thought put into either what it's referencing or the kind of the property as well. So, yeah, sorry, Eddie, you were about to say something. I was going to say similar lines. Um, I it, it is always weird because sometimes NECA is very non-uniformal. Like if you're looking at a wall of Marvel Legends, it all looks the same. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you're looking at a wall of NECA, it looks messy. But they do, they as you said, Skirt, they always think about the property well. And that works in a weird sort of nostalgia marketing way. There's something about the appeal in getting these toys when they're on those older cards that tick something back in your brain. And even if you might not have collected this line, you're like, I do remember seeing them on toy shelves and that's hitting me in that nostalgia where I might not have watched the show or um, cross through. I still have a connection with this line and that's making me grab it. It's the same with the Ninja Turtle box set covers and things like that, mm-hmm. where it's just like, there's something about it that ticks that certain part of my lizard brain. That's like, Oh, this is nostalgia as well. Not just the character, but 
Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it would have been pretty easy for Marvel Legends to, uh, you know, pick a particular theme for each wave, but instead they've gone for a fairly kind of consistent look to all their, their Marvel Legends packaging, whereas pretty much everything NECA is stylized. I mean, you look at the Predators and Aliens, you know, they've got their own kind of look. The horror line has its own look. Um, and so, you know, this to me feels like some generic packaging, like it's just your standard, uh, you know, window box um, you know, like we're, we're so used to, and they, they've done a, um, a pretty good job of, um, despite the fact that there's some big um, artwork on the front, you've still got a pretty good look at the figure within. So if you are someone who likes to look over the paintwork um, to make sure you're not getting any, you know, dodgy nose rubs or anything like that, there's um, there's plenty of space to do that. But that, that gorgeous art on the front, which um, on each package, mm-hmm. which is original art, but I actually found it quite interesting that the... Um, the illustration on the front of each packet or each box is credited to uh, a guy named Jordi Djokovic, um, who was also the sculptor. So, you know, hmm. must suck to be talented. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, then, talking of sculpts, th- there is some uniformity here between the bucks. So let's talk about that first hmm. before we talk about the individual ones. So this this is the NECA superhero buck that they originally used for the DC Alien Predator um, uh, figures um, that they've reused here with a couple of, like, obviously, sort of um, flashes, shoulder pads, um, pieces like that. Ming's got a few new pieces uh, on him. But, for yeah, for the most part, these are um, that buck uh, that I actually they were quite difficult to get in Australia unless you wanted to pay a few hundred dollars. Um, so I, I, I've never handled any of those. So this is my first experience with the NECA um, superhero buck. And I like the sculpting, but I don't know about you guys. I'd seen a lot of warning online oh, yes. <laughs> from people who'd got these um, about being very careful when posing them and getting them ready and to give them a nice warm bath uh, beforehand and yeah i definitely gave the joints a little pressure feel not nothing drastic but just sort yeah. of checked out oh, uh, how you're not... moving in my feeling resistance or crossing <laughs> oh, and there were I a few points where i had worries um so i gave all of them a very hot bath and very carefully uh posed them uh mm. through because there's been lots of breakage reports oh. coming through and even then my ming still has that constant issue that a lot of people have had where where the two legs join together that seems to be fused in a way where if you move one both legs are moving um in sort of like a fisher price um figure kind of way mm. uh, so yeah definitely um be care- and it is always that hard thing of a toy going like oh, i've spent a bit of money on this and now i'm worried that just touching it a little bit's gonna have it uh yeah. break off so as great as these look, they did come with that huge asterisk with them. Yeah. And and the problem is that we have here in Australia as collectors uh, is, the, uh, is the replacement value. Like it's not yeah. like we can just pop down to our, our local target uh, and pick up NECA. I mean, you know, NECA can be found quite freely in some of the big um, brick-and-mortar stores in the US like Target and Walmart and that sort of thing, whereas here only a few specialty stores get them. So... Uh, you know, if you are unlucky uh, and you, you manage to snap off the phantom's leg, um, it, it's not as easy as just ducking down and, and picking up another one. And, um, you know, often uh, a lot of these e-tailers get their initial stock and then sell out. So 
some of these places, you know, will replace a broken toy, but they've got to have the stock to do so. So, um, so I must admit, um, I've only taken the Phantom out uh, of the three, and I had a little play with him, but um, I've now got my little container of silicon shock oil that I uh, that I picked up, and I, I shall be, uh, you know, thusly lubricating his joints. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I I was not aware of this, but I have not done any. <laughs> I haven't done any um, dramatic posing, so I'm okay to this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, speaking of the buck, I was, while I was holding the Phantom, and and you know, obviously Eddie has has given us some background on the buck, but I was just looking at the Phantom, and because he is largely unadorned by shoulder pads or, or anything else, it really is just a a buck with a belt um, that makes him different. Obviously, the head sculpt. Um, and it kind of makes you realise, you know, this this is a Necker buck. Like they they have a generic buck for things like this because for so long, I mean, everything that I that I have that is Necker um, is is highly um, specific. So if it's not Aliens or Predator or Gears of War, um, which are all highly detailed for those particular characters, so for for Necker to actually have a generic buck to do stuff like this um it's actually it's kind of cool like I, I like it they they have done it a couple of times in the past they're very clever about sort of soft rubber overlays and that on toys mm. um so there's a couple of ones where like i think the nathan drake is actually the schwarzenegger buck um underneath um or it might have been another one with hoskins or uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, probably the most famous is the Dutch Predator one is almost identical to the Commando Predator. Yeah. Um, when you look at the wrinkles on the pants and ones like that. So they have done it before. They're just very clever about when they choose to use it. But um, these ones being that superhero versus superheroes without a lot of overlay, um, it's really going to stand out that it's uh, that one. But um, yeah, yeah it's uh, I'd never seen it before. So news new to me, but it does have that issue that NECA does have of, um, and I don't know why they do this, but they paint the articulation joint on the wrists and uh, the ankles, and that paint is just gonna always gonna flake off. Yeah, <laughs> and it leaves you with purple on um, the Phantom's yeah. foot piece there, or purple um, right. on the wrist once you start posing it around. And to the point now with Necker figures, I just start. It's one of the first things I do is just scrape off the paint that's on those points because it's like i know it's going to peel off and scrape off anyone anyway. <laughs> i'm just going to get it done and straight out of the way to begin with and cross there and it's just yeah. always a weird thing to me it's like just don't paint it just paint it before you connect the pieces and then put it in because that's sometimes where you get the stuck joints is then paint getting into those joints yeah. and causing it issues yeah yeah, so I'm really quite impressed with um, how they've managed to, you know, reuse that and and pull off this line. So I'm really mm-hmm. hoping to see um, see more. But all right, I mean, do we want to start with anyone in particular, and uh, should we start with Mister Mister um, Gordon, given that we've been talking about the Phantom a bit? Excellent. Yes. So, I mean, the, the thing I like uh, about this um, figure is there's there's that that extra little detail that goes above and beyond what the the cartoon version looks like. So if you look at Flash, um, he's obviously got the the blonde, you know, the the shock of blonde hair. Um, but they don't go into any kind of detail because, of course, you know, it makes it harder to do the animation when you've got to draw that extra detail. But you know, the sculpting here, um, Geordie has gone, you know, above and beyond and done a lot more detail in the hair, and I think he's pulled it off really well. And um, I mean, if they're 
if there wasn't um, an intention to have him look a bit like Buster Crab, who of course played him in the famous serials uh, in the 30s, then um, it's it's an awful coincidence because um, you know I can see Buster Crab in that that portrait, um, no problems. I I actually reckon he's my favourite um, out of the bunch. Um, yeah. And it's because of this head sculpt at the end of the day is they've done a marvellous job of not only capturing, you know, a more detailed version of the guy from the TV series, but also, as you said, Buster Crab. And even like I look at some of the lines, particularly on the left side of his head and think like that's very like Alex Toth art. Like it's mm, it's even captured mm. that old strip. Um, Alex Raymond. Oh, it's Raymond, sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's captured that old strip artwork, and it it is, in a lot of ways, the perfect Flash Gordon action figure. Because if they wanted to go very toy-specific, you actually would have had a different belt buckle. It would have been more of like a nozzle, old Mm, mm. 80s computer control sort of piece, but giving him that sort of Flash bolt symbol, and it just, this this is the ultimate version um, of Flash. Like, when I think of um flash gordon mainly because i had that figure as a kid like this outfit is what i picture him in um and mm. so getting the other details in here it's just like this is perfect like pulp space adventure guy yeah. love it <laughs> pulp space adventure guy i love it <laughs> he's just missing it. a jetpack yeah. yes yes that's right yeah yeah no i mean i think that the uh the paint on mine is great i did actually go through a few because I got these from my local comic shop and I think that I had the first kind of dibs and I did find some of the eyes were more aligned than others. Mm, um, mm. And so I was happy that I got to kind of go through and choose. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a great figure. Great figure. Yeah, I think what I love um, about Flash is, you know, they could have just left it as a, a singular red um, for this kind of red, you know, uh, pilot suit that he's wearing. But... Um, I think they've really gone above and beyond with the airbrush and uh, done, you know, these great, um, you know, well, not highlights that actually more so um, gone into the crevices. And so there's this darker colour um, where they've gone into the crevices of the muscles and things, particularly on his thigh. It's really obvious. Um, and it's worked really, really well. It's it's brought out yeah. those kind of tones. And so instead of just being a generic um, red, which could have been what they cast it in. They've actually gone and, and highlighted it, and it's worked really well. And, I mean, there's only so many paint apps you can do for the money, and, and you know, we're missing someone, like his gold, um, you know, shoulder pads and stuff like that. But just making that red bodysuit um, stand out, you can see it on the wrists, on his cuffs as well. Hmm. Um, it, it looks fantastic. Like, it really it's nicely done. But even, like, even having a different colour yellow for the flash symbol being, like, the gold and then just sort of matte yellow behind it on his belts like choices like that where it's like we could have gotten away with just using one color um but we're going um yeah. all that yeah it just really makes him pop and yeah uh, and they haven't been light on the accessories which is nice and i mean we're going to be talking about these accessories again and again because they're pretty common across the three figures but um flash comes with his um well uh, it is a, a <laughs> it is a sword, um, but it's it's not a lightsaber. It's a it's a laser sword with a, a fluorescent yellow um, blade, which actually looks pretty cool. Mm. Um, and the gun that he comes with is actually modelled. It's kind of like a, a I guess an improved version on the original that came with um, the original figures. 
So mm. they've taken that and run with it. Because I don't remember those particular guns being overly common in a series. So No, the yeah, the original figures had a gun and they were notorious for breaking. Um, <laughs> once again, <laughs> it was just a single sort of black peg for the handle that went into a hole on the hand, but the arms were metal. So putting like soft plastic and uh, often, you know, not exactly factory precise sizings. So the guns were a little bit bigger than the hole that was being pushed into the metal, but you could get it in. But then when you had to get it out, you'd have to sort of twist it out and eventually they would just snap off. And it's why you'll constantly find these figures secondhand with just a strip of black plastic in between their hands <laughs> that they're gripping onto. That is the old handles of the guns. So, yeah, having these more improved where you just clip it into a hand rather than uh, re- having to twist it out every time yeah. uh, is much better. So, um, yep, we get the laser sword, we get the the pistol, and we get a, a blast effect, which um, can be attached to the end of the gun. And it, it looks pretty cool because, you know, it obviously looks like it's, it's you know, being shot out of the laser. Um, but then on the end of the blast effect is is kind of an impact uh, effect that you would obviously put up against uh, the target, which kind of implies that Flash is shooting someone almost point blank. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to run up and shoot this guy in the head from a meter away. <laughs> so I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll rest the end of the blast effect against his face. Like, you know, I'm going to shoot you in the face. As so, the um, 1930s. That's, that's right. That's right. Actually, no, and, um, this takes place in um, 2015, the far, far future from 1986 when we were watching uh, it. So, yes. And he has a a little blast effect that you can also pop at the end of the gun if you don't want him shooting the beam. uh, beam It could be a beam or it could be the the long one to me. You could also use as like a water gun effect. Yeah, it's kind of a bit weird. So, yes, so it was 1986 and it it took place in the far future of 2015. Hilarious. Yes. All right, well, shall we uh, move on to um, the ghost who walks? Yeah. Yes. So, well, I mean, there's, there's certainly not a, a whole lot going on here in terms of that outfit. We haven't got the uh, the, the highlighting that we do on Flash. Um, I mean, he's he's very, very purple. Or, or is that lilac? I don't know. I don't, I don't really do the... the I, I would say there is still some highlighting on him. It's just not... It's more of the matte highlighting than a shine oh now that you mention it yeah if you look into his um on his thighs yeah there is a little bit of a darker uh mixed in there which is very nice i take it Uh, all back yep i do like (laughs) that sorry i'm really seeing what you're saying about the stiff knee joints i'm terrified (laughs) to try and move them i certainly won't be doing that now silicon shock oil dude no one wants to hear me cry on episode i've already i've already had suffered a flat atom this week okay two two flat atoms two flat atoms yeah i think what what's really cool is um uh, you know i've had some necker figures in the past that the the paint hasn't been particularly good particularly on someone who has a a human portrait so some of the uh gears of war figures and and even a couple of the um aliens figures they kind of look a bit questionable when they've been painted um but the detail on this there's actually some nice detail of course the phantom for those people who don't know has uh, a ring on on each hand um that he uses to to biff people and brand others which is a very peculiar concept um if, if the phantom gives you a right hook you're left with a mark of a, of a skull 
that says that you've been branded by the the phantom as an evildoer and um, if you do the right thing by the phantom he can brand you with his other hand which has a, a little logo um, to say that you're a friend of the phantoms which yeah. just I can just see him beating people up and just keeping his left hand in his pocket the entire time while he's punching people with his right hand but which is weird because the other hand the symbol is of the Nung pirates the sing pirates yeah. sing pirates yeah, yeah so he like brands people with his villains logo when they're friends <laughs> and then his enemies he punches with his the yeah. skull for, which is so his logo. the same slam evil yeah. wow no. I, I was thinking i wonder yeah wow that's so interesting mm. i gotta say to me on one level look i'd love this figure there's a lot of phantom merch but you know nothing as straightforward as this and i, I just think this is a great fun figure it is and for me the the paint um has actually been applied really really well so he's got his little skull logo on his belt um which is white and that contrasts with a a, i guess kind of almost a metallic blue um, belt buckle behind it and with mine there's no slop whatsoever and same goes for those two rings on on his fists um it could have sort of been quite easily a, a disaster there where one of the colours has kind of run over onto the hand, etc. But it's it's nicely applied to the point where, like, they've even given him a five o'clock shadow, um, which is pretty cool. So there's a I do like to wear on his belt just behind the skull. He's got that line pattern that he mm. also would normally have on his underwear, but it was taken out in the cartoon. Uh, and this was just a blue triangle, but here... For the figure, they have given it that line detail to add that little extra um, yeah. sort of nod to the – because the strips were black and white, they couldn't signify colour that way. So that was a way that they'd signify, oh, this is a slightly different to another part of him. So, yeah, it's mm. very mm. iconic Flash having uh, – a very iconic Phantom having those lines on him. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot to do with this figure, given that he wears a, a you know, a purple bodysuit. But uh, I like the fact that they've even gone out of their way to um, give him a, a slightly styled domino mask as well. Like, you know, the one in the cartoon was fairly generic because it had to be yeah. drawn repeatedly. Um, but this one adds a, a slight kind of, um, you know, there's a few curves here and there just to make it look a bit different. And I think with the, the five o'clock shadow sort of thing, it um, it all pops quite well. And I think that is the risk with the Phantom is a lot of people uh, cough the movie, uh, look at the Phantom <laughs> suit, keep wanting to do things with it, and yet it's it's in its simplicity that it works. And I, I think mm. they've been very reserved here. They haven't gone overboard. They haven't tried to – like they've just kept it very simple, and I think that's what works with him. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he does actually – I was just checking the spare hand situation – so he has a gun holding hand. He's only got swappable hands for his right, I believe. A gun swapping hand. And then he's got another ring finger hand. But the ring's actually gone and it's a plug. And you can put in the blast effect. So similar ah, to the gun pistol, gotcha. he's blasting his ring um, across which... I, now, did he... I remember in the like title theme of the show, he like shot Ming's hand and he got like a skull on it, but I don't remember him having this power in the show. I know he mm. had it in the movie at the end. That was like the big climactic thing is he was able to shoot back at the crystal skulls. Um, <laughs> Before they went on to menace uh, Indiana Jones. Um, interesting that um, I'm just kind of comparing the two guns and I think, 
my um my Phantom one compared to my Flash Gordon one just seems to have a lot more of a a, a highlight over the top. It's got those kind of metallic edges around the high areas, and it stands out a lot more than the Flash one. So yeah, anyway, anyway. well let's um let, let's also talk about the uh, the alien in the room. And uh, excuse oh, me, yes, I don't I like being spoken about like that. Oh, <laughs> we're uh, we're going to talk about uh, Zuffy, who. Um, Zuffy had uh, the the distinct uh, role of being that annoying alien kind of sidekick that all of the cartoons of the era had to have. So Thundercats had Snarf and uh, none of us liked him. And, of course, um, Defenders had Zuffy. Now, what's really kind of quirky about this is um, Flash obviously gets his um, his sword and Ming's got a character-specific accessory as well, but they don't really have anything for the Phantom beyond um, the blaster. Um, and so, for some reason, he comes packed with Zuffy, uh, who was an alien who, oddly enough, was mainly seen with... Um, mandrake's uh, adopted son so in the show so uh, you know i would have thought if he was wasn't going to come with mandrake's son he might have come with mandrake but for some reason they've decided that um they're going to pack him in with the phantom i thank you i was wondering what the heck that was <laughs> i was like i don't know if the phantom's super well but i don't kind of feel like this is anything with the phantom yeah. so do you know what the the uh because he he's well done like he's got articulation mm. Um, he's the one figure that you actually don't have to worry about yeah. um, posing him around or moving him about. His articulation doesn't seem to be stuck at all. Um, but Ben, do you happen to know what the crystal is he's holding? Is that something he always held, or is this like an episode-specific thing? I can't remember to be honest. Like I know, um, yeah. Like I mean. Pff- I'm pretty sure they they find him on on some planet, and he he ends up. Um, I think I think they find him on Mongo. He's like just one of those critters that's getting around, and he ends up sort of hanging out with him. And then most of the time, he ends up with with Kashin um, Mandrake's you know ad- adopted son. But I, I actually don't remember him. Like every time I think of some of those annoying sidekicks, poor old Snarf just. <laughs> <laughs> just comes out ahead in the in the annoying sidekick department, Snarf and so yeah. So I, I have no recollection of what that crystal was. I don't know, maybe he ate them or something. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone yeah, will tell us. It was like snuff, snuff, and then he ate a crystal. Yeah. Snuff, snuff, ate a crystal or something like that. So, but anyway, I thought that you know we might have seen him. Um, you know, in one of the later sort of packings. I mean, I don't know. What else could you give the Phantom? Uh, you can't sort of put in, you know, Hero or, or Devil or, I mean, they were only fleeting in the show anyway, so. Well, what I would have liked instead would have been a, a different head, you know, a different facial expression. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. I, I would have even liked a, a different uh, hand for the left-hand side so he could hold his two guns at the same time, like his... Mm. Yeah. It's in the comic strip. I know I didn't really do it in the show, but yeah, having dual wielding pistols is kind yeah. of a bit like Phantom for me. Yeah, so a bit bit weird, but no, I mean, yeah, it was nice of Necker to, to to think yeah. of that. So, all right, well, moving on, and of course, everybody needs a everybody needs an an antagonist, and um, Ming. Again, and... I don't really like being spoken about. Like, oh, sorry, <laughs> that's you're just gonna have to get used to it. Okay. But, um, yes, Ming is the bad guy of the series, and um, 
you know, when you've got uh, a bad guy who is, you know, pretty closely modelled on a, an Asian stereotype, um, how do you how do you kind of get away and move away from that stereotype of, you know, the whole Fu Manchu bad guy kind of thing? You leave him exactly the same, but you colour him green. So, <laughs> so yes, Ming in the show has green skin. So <laughs> he... So- he he retains his uh, his moustache and beard and his fingernailed clawed you know hands and and whatnot, but he has green skin. So, green. There, there you go. For it's some uh, as a young kid because I was introduced to Ming on the back of the card of the Flash figure that I had. I remember when I finally saw the movie, I was like, "Why did they not like? Why is he not green? Like they just they they did all these other special effects, but they just left the actor without <laughs> any." green face paint oh that seemed weird to me yeah and then yeah obviously i learned a bit more as i got older it's like oh he was made green for the show but that (laughs) why did why did they do that do we know just to avoid the stereotype yeah Yeah, to move away from the whole fu manchu based on the evil asian kind of villain and it's like if i make him green then you know we can do as we please um, because he's an alien of some description so, same as Mandarin in the nineties uh, mm-hmm. cartoon show did the same same trick. Yeah. But um, wow, this this guy has got some. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we've got the, those standard um, buck arms and thighs, etc. But uh, we got some pretty cool overlay in that fancy. My goodness, yes. Evil doer um, costume with the um, the soft goods cape and everything. Like, there's a Bad lot going on. All the fun. Yeah, for sure. But this is really impressive, the, the work that's gone yeah. into both the tooling for the the sculpt of the extra pieces of this, but then this soft goods yeah. cape is amazing. Yes. Amazing. I love the head sculpt. I just I love the face. Yeah. There's so much work in it. Um, it's really just, yeah, it just looks like your, your typical bad guy, like this just the, the the work in the beard and the eyebrows and those evil eyes etc just looks sensational um his pointed ears so um the thing that that really impresses me about this like just with the the cape is you know this is uh i mean you know it's not marvel legends pricing they're more expensive but th- that cape is better than a lot of the mezco capes uh, mm. you know mm. in terms of, like it is double it's double lined it's got beautiful fabric and a really nice wire through the bottom, although mine is kind of almost poking out on, at one point. But still, like, th- this <laughs> cape is spectacular. Yeah, it's a great thing. Oh, yeah. I feel like I get my money's worth with this one. And yeah. I-, I think what tops it off, I mean, you know, look, you got all the standard stuff you take for granted now, like the, the double-jointed elbows and knees and that. So there's um, so a-, a great range of-, of articulation. Like, it's a great buck. Um, but then to have, sort of have this layered over the top with the, the fantastic sculpting on the costume, um, you know, you've got this amazing paintwork. And, and I know, you know, when when companies like this do commission action figures, they've got to negotiate with the factory and, okay, you know, this is how many pieces the figure's going to have in terms of assembly and this is how many mm. uh, how many paint apps we can afford. And, um, you know, wow, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the lack of paint on the Phantom um, has, oh. has, you know, evened out on this guy because he's got colour everywhere. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd imagine so. I'd imagine that would be because even there um, across the two, them having um, a lot of shared buck and shared buck here across the whole wave and them saving Mandrake, who's going to be a fully tooled figure mm. uh, for the next one. 
I imagine a lot of the Lions money went through to paint apps on Ming because it's, I mean, even just the paint apps into his eyes, there's like three or four different colors being used just in the eye itself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like the gold rim around the purple rim on the inside there and underneath the little triangle there, like they're different paint apps that would come out. It's different costings, like so much of it. And even like, his braided belt goes all the way around his back and through. That'd be different tampos as well, which just eats up the cost, like just yeah. up there. And then I like this little detail. I only just noticed it. And I don't know if this is an Easter egg or complete coincidence, but where he's got the medallions on his um, collar there, they actually plug into holes on his chest. Ah, and the plug yeah. that's plugging in there oh, is sort of yeah. this ribbed yeah so it's it's kind of like um it's a black plug with like lines running down it and that looks almost identical to the plug that used to be in the back of the figures that you'd turn for the punch action Mm, i don't mm. know if that's coincidence that they've got that type of plug detail or whether that was a weird little like oh we got to put plugs on this thing you know what just make it look like the the old action feature yeah they'll be hidden I think too the the you know the application of the colours here um, you know, they've got to crank these things out pretty fast and the the, the swap on mine is is minor uh, at best like it's um you know the 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 piece that's sort of hanging down over his groin with the drag and etc there's some really kind of fine gold um, points there that have all been done really well like the, I'm really quite lucky given that I ordered mine from an yeah. e-tailer and didn't get to see them first um, there's the really really nice paint apps there's a lot going on i mean you know looky you know the accessories yep the the armorers of mongo are obviously busy because the heroes and villains all have the same gun but um you know ming comes with his serpent staff um you know which is a really cool accessory and, and it's got half a dozen colors going on as well so um yeah i mean i haven't even mentioned he's got the ring on his finger as well that's at least yes. two different colours on top of a shaded hand <laughs> with fingernails. Like, it's just... And the sculpt of that left hand, um, you know, it's not a traditional, it's not a fist, it's not a weapon-holding hand, it's not a relaxed hand. Like, he's got his fingers going everywhere. I'm really left with no choice but to call it the, you know, the mwahaha <laughs> hand because you know, <laughs> it looks really good. Like, you know, he can hold it up while he's, you know, he's uh, monologuing the the heroes yeah. with his plans to take over Earth yeah. and steal their resources. Like it's oh, look, it's this a great is definitely yeah, kind of right now in the running for me for mentioning towards the end of the year. Like I think you know, particularly if we we need to break up our six inch figures into kind of price points, etc. And th- this is really really amazing. And just on the on the paint front, like I said, I got to kind of go through these in at, at my place and all of the Mings were great. I didn't kind of have any, there were no issues there. Like the only mm, issue I saw mm. was a little bit of googly eye with a couple of the flash, the that flash gourd. Yeah, mm. uh, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm quite thrilled. These are the kinds of figures that when you get in hand, I, I mean, obviously uh, Necker's figures um, uh, are a little bit up there in price compared to what we pay for the Hasbro lines. Um, but, you know, getting them in hand, I, kind of feel like i've got my money's worth particularly like with ming i feel like it's a really good solid mm. figure and it was worth 
um, the price. So, so I, I guess you know I, I'm thrilled with this first wave, and it, it kind of leaves me with that kind of nervous. Oh, geez, are we going to get a series two? I mean, you know, we've we've seen Mandrake and we've seen Lothar. You know, are they going to get a third figure in there to make a second Look, wave? I, mean, and- I, I think that these have been pretty well received, and I and I also think that mm. it's exciting. You know, good on NECA for having a go at this and giving these some some love, which they really have done. So I would hope that there's a... So who would you choose? If, if we only got one more set of three, what other character would you want? Look, I think in terms of uh, playability, I'd probably... Oh, geez. I, I think I'd probably have to go with... <sighs> I think I'd probably go with Jeddah, who is the Phantom's daughter, and probably the main reason is um, the the series kind of amp things up and, and everybody gets a, a superpower or two, so the Phantom can call on the, the strength of the jungle and increase his strength. Uh, Miss Tiger, yeah. you know, image used to flash up on the screen, but Jeddah um, actually has a telepathic mm. connection As with her do. panther, um, so I love the idea of sort of her, you know, maybe even her in a, a two-pack with the panther, much like the new um, uh, Hasbro Snake Eyes comes with Timber. So, I mean, one way or another, I'd like to see see cool. her in the, yeah, in the way, just getting a female in there. Excellent. Yeah, I don't know, because I, I mentioned when they revealed these at Toy Fair on our Toy Fair episode, um, NECA can be very good at thinking outside of the box and doing some very interesting things with a license and sometimes co-opting other licenses into um, Mm, what mm. they do. And I would love to see them continue this line as if like, oh, what if this just opened up to other strip characters and Mm. um, other pulp ones and maybe get like, what would have a Zorro look like in Defenders Uh, of the Earth? What would have... Handicap. Yeah. um, I mean, Popeye's Popeye's part of features Popeye's technically in these same uh ones too so maybe like uh what Metsuko did with a modern Popeye uh for the thing um but uh yeah barring that I'd probably go Garax just the other six characters so you can at least complete out the uh yeah uh, toy line homages but I I would love to see them because there's so many great characters in um Flash Gordon's world that you would mm-hmm. keep spanning on to as well, like really populating out uh, that too would be cool. But the Phantom, not so much. He tends to kill his bad guys at the end. <laughs> it's a bit like the Punisher. You don't get as many uh, repeat characters there. So, yeah. So, yeah, if not that, yeah, more more Flash Gordon's characters, Voltar, all that. Very good. Well. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, I suppose Buck Rogers true, is floating true. around somewhere true. too. Yeah. Well, watch this space, and we may be back with a, a hopefully at least a wave to uh, review. Uh, any closing remarks before we wrap this segment? No, thank you, Necker. Um, you know, for keeping the nostalgia alive for a series that ran for one season <laughs> thirty-five years ago. <laughs> and I'll um, I'll be interested because uh, obviously Boss Fight Studios have the Phantom license as well. And they're doing some three and three quarter inch uh, phantom figures uh, that be coming out, I think, in the near future. So, I, and they're going to be more the comic based ones. There's going to have these stripy shorts and um, mm, what. Cool. So, I, w- I will be interested to get that and see how. Uh, obviously, they're different scales and not 
100% comparable. But uh, after such a big drought of no good Phantom figures, what happens yes. when we start getting competing ones? I mean, a Metsuko Phantom would just be amazing. Like, mm. that that's one mm. that I could see, yeah. yeah. thats Actually, that's almost more what I'd like to see now is uh, if the Phantom license is out there, what other companies Time will tell. It? And in the mm. meantime, we will pop these back into the wherever they're going to be displayed or storage and we will take a short break we'll come back with a little bit of feedback and we will wrap up the show beware the mutant seeking sentinel target identified mutant apprehended want to make it up big boy my adamantium claws will get rolled back i've always had trouble with man my optic blast will give him trouble firing projectile arc now sentinel you will be defeated Sentinel Robot Playset and X-Men action figures, each sold separately. Well, we love to hear your comments and thoughts on the stuff that we cover, and you can always email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues. You can find us on uh, Facebook, um, both on our Facebook Action Figure Blues page, but also our awesome Action Figure Blues collector community hey everybody uh and um we're and on instagram as well um i do understand tiktok now i don't think we'll be joining uh soon and i still don't understand snapchat so there you go um and we had a, a comment from facebook this is from jeremy and this is on our last show 381 where we talked about uh, some new Migos, some new Mezcos, and then Eddie resurrected the toy history for Green Lantern. And Jeremy said, great show as always. Never really been a Green Lantern fan, but I enjoyed Eddie's toy history. Gave me some good reading to get into the character as well. And there were a couple of uh, comments there around some of the things that we referenced or also things that we suggested to watch on the animated side um, as well. So uh, thanks, Jeremy. Um, and... Uh, I see robots on Twitter um, said I really enjoyed the Migo talk on the current episode. I agree wholeheartedly with Engineer Nerd's assumption. That's John, by the way, that about the right price point for a proper nostalgia blast. I'm after the Rocketeer figure, but I haven't seen him in the wild yet. Uh, and he also then had a separate tweet where he said that he enjoyed the Green Lantern toy history as well. So thank you guys for that. And uh, thank you, Eddie, for the, all the work that you put into that as well. It was awesome. No, thank you for indulging me. I actually had a blast doing that. It's it's one of the things I want to get back to doing more of on this show is um, I love talking about new toys, but there, there's something about talking about old yeah. toys that I, I do miss and uh, need to get 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 into the habit of uh, Absolutely. Uh, doing a little bit. So uh, cool. But it also, um, I see robots. Um, does make me think uh, the Rocketeer could be a good one to see ah. Defenders of the Earth arise. Yeah, it'd be interesting cool. to see if they can kind of you know, extend that. That'd be really fun. I wonder what licensing is involved. Yeah, well, that's Disney, I think, now oh. controls the rights to the Rocketeer. I could be wrong. I'm not too sure what's happened after Dave Stevens' um, passing, but I think Disney might have actually swept it up. Um, in which case, maybe we get a Super 7 Ultimates version on there, Disney. You never know. Uh, well, if you, if you would like to um, send us some comments that we might read out, please feel free to uh, 
use the previously mentioned mechanisms, or you can just kind of walk out of your house and shout at the sky and never know. And uh, it, not recommended, particularly if you're in a highly policed area, things could go bad. Um, the uh, But in the meantime, um, I think that we probably have done our dash for this evening, and it's time for us to say goodbye. See you next time. Good journey. Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 